Joshua chapter 3, uh, verse 14. <clears throat> so it was when the, when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. <clears throat> so this, uh, we kind of pick up this story <clears throat> kind of in the, right in the middle of it. We're not even a... Uh, uh, if you just read that part, you wouldn't even be aware of what has been going on up to this point and uh, really wouldn't know what all happened afterwards, right? If, if that's all we read was that part. So let's make sure that everyone that hears today understands everything that's happening. Um, so if we go all the way back to uh, Egypt, there was all of the nation of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and God called Moses to go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt and take them to the land that was promised to them, right? And so Moses did just as he was told, and uh, because of the hardness of the hearts of the Israelites, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And so that brings us up to the point where we started today. Uh, Moses dies uh, and Joshua takes over, and they come up to the Jordan River. All right, and that was a very brief synopsis, right? I mean, that's we skimmed over the tops of a lot of things there. But you understand that there is a huge group of people that comes up to the Jordan River. Forty years have passed since God parted the Red Sea. During that 40 years, there has been uh, a lot of people that died. In fact, that was a big part of why they wandered around for 40 years because God was just waiting on some of these people to die. The hardness of their heart was just so much that even in, in uh, being in a position to see God do mighty things, they still continued to not trust God and to follow after what they wanted to do. Some of them even said, let's just go back to Egypt. It'd be better. And God said, well, y'all going to keep wandering. So they finally get to a point where this group of people that's left, you know, because during 40 years there's been new people born. There's, there's been all kinds of things that have changed. Some of these people never even saw the Red Sea part. They, they've heard tell of it. 
They've heard the stories about what God did, but they, they didn't see that firsthand. And, and so they come up to the Jordan River, and, and y'all, we need to kind of understand a little bit about this river because we're not talking about um, a creek. We're not talking about even like the Angelina River or, or whatever. We're, we're not talking about the Trinity River. Uh, normally, this thing is, is pretty inconsequential. It's, it's be easy for somebody to pass over. But there's a lot of factors here. First of all, it says that the river was out overflowing its banks during this time of the year. You know, all the snow in the mountains starts to melt. And it comes down and the river was just overflowing its banks. So it's way wider than it normally is. A lot more water. It's probably pretty rough. But on top of that, you need to consider this is not one person saying, I'm going to go swim across this river. This is a lot of people. And not only is it someone that's got to swim across, but they've got everything they're carrying. They've got carts and wagons and and all sorts of things. All of their belongings were with them. And so for to, to say that that many people are going to swim across a river is kind of ridiculous. It's just not going to happen. But God brings them to this river. And that's really where we need to focus today. So all the stuff that happened in Egypt doesn't matter today. They're standing at this river. So, uh, as I often do, I'm going to pose a question to you that you can be thinking about. And uh, I want you to be thinking about today, what is between you and the promised land? What is between you and what God has promised? Because here today there were a lot of things in between uh, the Israelites and the promise. It wasn't even just a river, although that was a big one, right? There were a lot of other things to come, so we'll talk about that. But crossing this river meant entering the promised land. If they didn't cross the river, they're not in the promised land. You understand that. The, the Jordan River was a boundary. It was a border. It was an obstacle between them and where God was leading them. They could have stayed on the other side of the Jordan River. There really wasn't anything preventing them from staying there. You know, they could have stayed wandering in the wilderness. There wasn't anything preventing that. So what was it that was driving them? Well, there was at least one person that we know of that was hearing the voice of God and following his direction and his leadership and guiding. And also, he was hanging on to the promise. And that was Joshua. It was at least one, right? We, we know that. And we could dig deeper and find more. But he is the one that is put in a position to lead this group of people. And so he said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to listen to what God says, and I'm going to follow where he's leading me. And he's not leading me to stay on this side of the Jordan River. Uh, they could have stayed over there. They could have set up their own little town if they wanted to. They could have built cities. They could have built the houses and, and portioned, out the, portioned out the land and, and just 
We'll just make a go of it right here. It, right here by the river, right? We've got water. Next to rivers, man, there's all sorts of wildlife and vegetation. They could have made a go of it over there on the other side of the river, y'all. What's waiting for them on the other side? And, y'all, this, this is the challenging part. And as we apply it to our own lives today, this is the, the part that might even be a little scary. You see, just crossing the river is not that bad. But what was waiting for them? They had already sent some spies over to Jericho. So they knew there was a battle there. And y'all, that's, that's what was waiting on them, was nothing but battles. Nothing but battles. There's a whole chapter in the book of Joshua that's nothing about nothing but about the kings that they had conquered. <laughs> I mean, one after another. And so from they they knew going across this river, yes, meant that they would inherit a promise, but that they were gonna have to fight tooth and nail every step of the way they would be fighting to inherit that promise. That doesn't sound very appealing. The, the promise has to be great. There has to be a great expectation of what you are going to inherit and what God is going to do in order for you to say, yeah, I'm willing to go and fight every inch of the mile for what I'm getting. They obviously saw the desirable part of that reward, didn't they? So, how does that matter to you? Well, man, I don't know what's going on in your life today. But man, there are so many times that God chooses to bring you up to this crossover point. And He has promised you something. He's guiding you to something. Whatever it may be in your life. And you might even look across this obstacle and say, man, it's, it's, tough. it's a tough row to hoe over there. There's going to be a lot of work to be done. But God has promised me this, or God has promised me that. And I know I'm sorry this sounds so vague today, but you have to see what it is going on in your life. And, and I have to believe that if you're sitting here today, God's probably already been doing something in your life. And sometimes you come up to those obstacles like that, and uh, they're overwhelming. It seems like a monumental task to even cross over. But God chose to bring the nation of Israel to the Jordan River at this time. You understand, He could have brought them a little earlier or a little later after the river wasn't overflowing its banks. It might have been a little easier but what would have been the difference then? Somebody might have looked at that little puny river and said, oh, well, we can handle that on our own. We don't even really need to trust God. And y'all, he, he does that to us all the time. He brings us to something that is so far beyond what we can understand how this is even going to work out. And he says, all right, I've got you there. Now what are you going to do? I'll give you guidance, I'll give you direction, but what are you going to do? And so it was when they encountered the river, just like when Moses led them up to the Red Sea, that they have to make a choice. 
We have to trust that God knows what He's doing. And so as the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant stepped into the water, what began to happen? It says, way upriver at this other city, the water stopped and it just heaped up. You know, it's like, just imagine a wall of water. What does that do? The rest of the water keeps flowing, doesn't it? And y'all, this, this is what's crazy, because if you've ever stepped off into a river or a pond or something like that, and I know I've told you the same thing before about when he parted the Red Sea, the Bible says that they walked across on dry ground. So this wasn't just the water ran out, but supernaturally, he, as that water flowed out, he extracted water out of the soil as well. Any water that he collected that was absorbed, it just all left. And when they walked across, they walked on dry ground. You know what? It was not possible without God moving. Even if somebody went down the river and dammed the water up, it's going to be weeks or months before you can walk across that. Especially driving a cart and a wagon across it carrying a load, right? And so God did a mighty work. And it's in that moment that they said, you know what, I can trust God. I can depend upon Him because of what I see Him doing. And so this was to their benefit to see this mighty work of God, but it wasn't just for them. What happened when the spies went to Jericho? What did they hear? There was already talk in the land of what kind of mighty things God was doing for Israel. And this is before the Jordan River was parted. It says that that their hearts melted in fear of of this God that they heard about. So, So this thing happening in the lives of Israelites was something that would go ahead of them. There would be rumor of this, there would be talk of it, and all of the people they were going to fight, from then on, there was going to be talk of these mighty exploits that God had done. And God chooses to do those same kind of things in our lives. Has God ever brought you to a tough time where you had to trust Him to get through? When there just wasn't no other option? I mean, you tried everything else. Maybe you you done exhausted everything you knew to do and, and your last resort, foolishly, your last resort is, I'm going to call on God. Don't we do that? Well, I don't want to bother Him. <laughs> Foolish. I'll try all this first. Maybe, you know, that'll be pretty easy. If I can do it this way, that'll be all right. Instead of just calling on him to start with. And I think sometimes he has to bring us up to those overflowing banks, rivers, to get our perspective right. To know that we're not going to do this without him. We're not going to receive the promise without his intervention. The promise was worth fighting for. We see that because they fought. The promise was worth receiving, but they needed to understand they were not going to do this without God. And y'all, if we go on and read, we'll see another time when when they started to get a little bit confident in themselves and in their own abilities and power, and and they, they scaled back what God had told them to do and said, well, we'll just do this. 
And then they got sent running for the hills. But the times that they trusted God and leaned on Him, God did the work. And there was mighty, mighty things done. I mean, you don't understand. They didn't really have to do much at the battle of Jericho. God fought it for them. So, there's some of you here today, just like there was amongst the Israelites. They, uh, they had heard what God had did. And there's maybe some of y'all here today that have heard what God has done or can do. Uh, there were also some there that day that had saw what God had done. And there may be some of y'all here today that have seen with your own eyes what God can do. Um, maybe maybe you're, you're here today and you know what God can do and you've seen what God can do, but, but it's been a while. And you, you may have even kind of forgotten there was something that took place on this day we're talking about that if we go on and read, you'll see what God told Joshua to do. He said, he said I want you to pick somebody from every tribe, and I, as they go through that river, I want them to pick up a stone. And you know what they did with that stone? They carried it with them, and they erected a memorial with those stones. And what was the purpose of that? He tells Joshua very plainly, when the children ask, what, what are these stones about? You can tell them about what I did that day. And y'all, so you may be sitting here today and you may be, you, maybe you saw what God has done and you've experienced it yourself, but you kind of have forgotten about it. You need to look back at those things, just like Joshua had that, that monument of stones to refer to. When people ask about it in your life, and you know, for you, it, it may be a scar that you bear. It may be something that, that other people look at and say, well, well, what about that? And that is your opportunity then to, to tell them of, of what God has done and how great He is. And if we don't do that, we're missing out on seeing God do more. Have you forgotten about how He saved you? I, I know that anybody here that is saved today uh, has not forgotten that they're saved. But have you forgotten about what He saved you from and how great of a salvation it was? Because if we lose sight of that, y'all, we lose sight of the most important thing in our life. We lose sight of the greatest work that God has done in our own life. All, all of the healings and provision and everything else is secondary to that moment of salvation. You see, because it's in that moment that you gain eternal life. Have you forgotten about that great a salvation? The Bible says we should not neglect so great a salvation. And I believe that that neglect 
uh, doesn't just refer to uh, us not telling others. It doesn't just refer to those that are not saved not turning to it. But I believe it also refers to those of us that are saved neglecting remembering what God has done. Have you forgotten about who He is and, and how great He has healed and provided and been your counselor and, and, and your friend in a time of need? Have you, have you forgotten what it is that God has done? And some of those Israelites got a, a very good reminder that day. Imagine 40 years later, seeing God do something very similar to what He had already done. Man, I just can't imagine what it's like to see something like that happen. And I know I'm not doing it justice describing it today. Israel was about to go through a lot. And you know, God really wants us to just have faith and trust Him without having to see this kind of stuff. But I think God knew what they needed in that moment. You know, they could have spent a little time and built a bridge across this river. There was other ways they could go about this. But God said, no, you're, you're going to need extra faith. You're going to need a, a little bit of extra trust in me in the days to come. So, I'm going I'm to do something to show you who I am. And y'all, He wants to do things like that in your life today. He wants to do things that show you who He is and how great He is. And it, it requires something of us, though. First of all, it requires a willingness for us to, learn, to serve Him and to follow Him. If we will not submit to Him, it, it's going to be real tough for Him to do much. And that's what the Israelites encountered. That's why they wandered for 40 years because there were so many of them that would not submit to God's authority. So it requires us submitting to Him and seeking after Him. You see, they were at kind of a, a, a great place right at this point as far as the, the percentage of people that wanted to do the right thing. So this is the opportunity. And maybe that's where you are in your life right now. You've been, you've been seeking God out. You've been searching for Him. You've been studying. You've been praying. And then all of a sudden, the trouble comes. And you say, well, man, I'm, I've been doing everything right. Why is it now that the trouble comes? Maybe God is taking you into the promised land. He's taking you into that place that He's been leading you to all along. But it's just that now you're encountering the obstacles. So look at your life. I'm getting ready to close. Look at your life. The things that are going on in your life. What is it that is between you and where God's taking? Sometimes those things look rough. They may look scary. It may be uncomfortable. Things you don't want to deal with. But understand that God is wanting to do something great in that. You might even look at it and say, well, I would just really rather not. I'd rather stay on the other side and set up camp there. But look at what you're going to miss out on. Yes, you can live the rest of your life and just be comfortable 
and, and not really ever grow or stretch or do anything for the kingdom of God. You can do that. But look at what you're going to miss out on. And look at who might miss out on God because you did that. 